Good morning, good morning, good morning. This is Micah and Jesse. And we are here for this this week's uh, Led by the Word. We were in Genesis chapter 46 through 50, but Jesse's got a little note that's some stuff we missed last week. We're going to open up. I honestly, I don't know about you, I have been loving this. Open up with Jesse. If you haven't read it yet, please go back. We're really going to be focusing on between the chapters of Genesis 42 through chapter 50. Go ahead. All right. Good morning. Um, I'm starting in, as I just said, chapter 42. So this is when the famine began. So there was going to be seven years of plenty, seven years of famine. So the Lord gave Pharaoh the stream. Joseph interpreted Pharaoh was like, wow, you're smart. How about you just be like my second command? That sounds good. So Joseph is promoted to this high, high position. So Jacob um, saw that there was corn in Egypt, and he was like, uh, we are like going to starve. You guys need to get down there, purchase some corn, um, go all together. But he kept Benjamin, his youngest, with him. And if you remember, Benjamin was Rachel's other son that she actually passed away prevailing and um, through the labor process with him. And he was special to Jacob, so he kept him behind. Well, when the brothers got there to Egypt, Joseph recognized them, but they didn't recognize Joseph at all. And so Joseph goes on this wild tangent about accusing them of being spies. He does it three or four times. And they say, no, we're the son of one man. And, you know, there's like 12 of us. Well, one of us is not, which they're referring to the death of Joseph, supposedly. And one, um, Benjamin stayed behind because he's so young, or, you know, he was precious to the father, or what have you. So he said, well, you are spies, and I'll go ahead and give you corn, but you have to come back with your younger brother to prove to me that you were not telling a lie. And he knew good and well they weren't spies. I don't know, why do you think he gave them, like, such a runaround? So, we talked about this Sunday in Sunday School, but what I think he was doing, I think his spirit man was fighting his flesh on forgiveness. So God teaches us, you know, we're supposed to love and forgive, but his flesh man was like, I don't think they've changed. I don't know if they're any different. And I think he had all these questions and all these concerns. And if you look at what he's been through, he has been through a lot with them. Mm, that's very true. So what do you think? I mean, he might be right. I mean, by the end of this, where I read, and he gets it together. So they're really afraid they don't know what's going on. So they come back 
with like double the money. Jacob's like, if you make a present for him, you know, maybe he won't be mad. Again, they don't know this is their brother. So they go with Benjamin, like double the money, a bunch of produce, I think, or something. They make him like a giant gift basket, basically, in this equivalent of our time. And they get there, and so Joseph actually brings them into the house to dine with him and all of this. Like, he totally knows what's up. And he takes two or three breaks to go and cry in his room. And he says he washes his face. Like, he's getting very emotional. And I'm like, why are we dragging this on, dude? Like, what's going on here? So as they're, like, riding away, he says, one of you has stolen my silver cup, my lucky cup, or whatever. And so first they put it in Benjamin's bag, his servants did, upon Joseph's request. And he's like, ah, it was Benjamin. Benjamin will serve me. You guys can go away. You can come be my bond servant or whatever. And Reuben and them are like, no, don't. Like, he was so precious to our father. Take us instead. And he, they just really... He couldn't handle another boss. No. And they really stuck up for him. And that, I think you're right. Like, Joseph saw they had changed because it's a direct opposite of what happened with Joseph. But they're like, yeah, sold in slavery. And, and Benjamin is a lot of significance because that's his full brother. Mm-hmm. A lot of these guys, all those other guys are his halves. But when he's looking at Benjamin, he says, that's for my mom. He said, and also another significance is that's the youngest. I wish we heard on the youngest. They were. So I guess he saw that they had changed. Um, so in chapter 45, the very beginning, Joseph it says that he could not refrain himself before all of them. So he commanded everyone to go out of the room except for his brother. And he fell on Benjamin's neck, and like they were crying. It was like really emotional because he showed them, hey, I'm Joseph. And at first they were shocked, and they were they couldn't say anything. And he's like, is it true? You know, is that still alive? And they were just like, what? Like, they were totally shocked. And then they had this like happy reunion. But then at the end of this chapter that I finished reading, he you know tells them, like, hey, go get dad, go get all the extended family, your sons, your daughters, and bring them into Egypt. And don't worry about bringing your stuff because everything in Egypt is yours, like you'll be high up. And it's all really touching, but it's ultimately what kind of leads them into slavery a little bit as well. Like having all of them get comfy in Egypt and on, you know, the Hebrews are. But there was already something going on because when they went to eat, um, they couldn't eat at the same table because it was an abomination for Egyptians to eat with Hebrews. So there was already like some serious racial issues here. Yes, it was like leading the way. That's all I need. Um, big thing I, I want you to first hit on is go to Genesis chapter 46. I'll get you to read some of this from my notes. Okay, so we got Abram, Abraham, we got Isaac, and then we got Jacob, Israel. Mm-hmm. And you hear often throughout the Word of God the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. There is a lot of significance there. And we're, we're about to close that door. Mm-hmm. Like, we're about to move on. We're leaving this behind. But Genesis chapter 46 to uh, Israel, Jacob, he's making his journey to Egypt. And he's finding this thing. Read chapter 46, verse 2. And God spake unto Israel in the visions of the night, and said, Jacob, Jacob, and he said, Here am I. And he said, I am God, the God of thy father. Fear not to go down to Egypt, for I will be there make of thee a great nation. So he's making this journey, and he's terrified. He's like, I know about the Egyptians. I know what's going on here. I know about some of this chaos my boys have told me about. And all this fear comes on him. And the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and now... We see in, in Israel, we see him in this another line of communication, God speaking peace to him. And I think that's something right now, there's a lot of turmoil in America, there's a lot of chaos. Whether you're watching this right now or years down the road, there is a God that can speak peace to your life. 
And we can look at that because we can go back to the Bible and we can say the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, he was always there for them and he'll always be there for us. And I thought that's powerful. The next thing I was talking to Pat on, and you can watch his podcast. Oh, his podcast has a title now. It's called The Golden Harvest. So I asked him, I said, hey, we're doing this in Sunday school. We're doing this in uh, our podcast. I said, what's your favorite thing about uh, the story of Joseph? He said, oh, it's his dad, Jacob. Jacob says, well, I know a promise about Canaan. I know a promised land. And he says, I do not want my bones left here. And I thought, oh, my goodness. Like, I feel chills in there. Like, he's like, I will visit this place. But when I die, you do not leave me here. And I think that's, that's very, very powerful stuff. Come down, and I'm just going to hit a lot. For some reason, we're doing Joseph, but I just keep talking about Jacob. Uh, Jacob blesses Pharaoh in Genesis 47, verse 7. And I thought that's weird. Like, this stranger comes in, and then Pharaoh receives a blessing from him. Like, that didn't add up. That's just. So, Egyptians in this time frame, old Egyptians, were 30. Ancient Egyptians. 34. Like if you were 34 years old, you were a really old Egyptian. So Pharaoh asks him, and it's, it's you gotta read into some of this stuff. He says, How old are you? He looks at him. And this is one of the most beautiful verses. This is actually, as of today, my favorite verse, Genesis 47, verse 9. Uh, Pharaoh's like, you, you're old. <laughs> you're really old. And this is what Jacob tells him. The days and the years of my sojourning are 130 years. So I looked up, like, what's this? If I, am I saying that about sojourning? Uh, what's sojourning? Okay, read, read that word. Pilgrimage. Pilgrimage here is over. Read that verse for us. I was reading multiple translations in line. I don't know what you mean. Go verse 1. Yes. And Jacob said unto Pharaoh, The days of the years of my pilgrimage are 130 years. Uh, 130 years is how this man is, which with us we think. That's really, really, really old. What's beautiful about this, he doesn't say the days and years are 130 years. He doesn't say I lived 130 years. He doesn't say I've been here for 130 years. He calls it his pilgrimage. Mm -hmm. He knows this is something Jacob grabbed a hold of, and I want to grab a hold of for me. I want to grab a hold of my family and for my kid. Jacob says, I'm just a pilgrim here. This is a temporary place. And he tells Pharaoh, this is just, in this sentence, he's, you know, if you had a moment to meet with President, if you had moments meet with some of the most powerful people on planet Earth, what is something you're going to say? And he is making it known to him, this is not my home. He's making it known to him, I have a belief of something greater, I have a, I have a resonance of something I know that I can go to this place with my God. And his, his pilgrimage, his little trip on Earth, his little temporary time, his little trip through 130 years means nothing compared to his eternity. Well, that makes sense when Joseph said that he was, as a father, to Pharaoh. When I read that, I was like, what? He says, a father. That's so sad. They're old men. We're 130. I mean, they're old men. We're 34 years old. Right. Like, if you were 34, you were the physician or the priest. You were very well taken care of mm -hmm. and provided for because you can have wisdom. That is so so this old man comes in, and just imagine, imagine if everyone you knew that was old was 30. Imagine if you saw someone 130, and you're like, oh my goodness, how old? <laughs> No wonder Pharaoh said, yeah. how old are you? And we know Joseph's not a young man. Right. So Joseph's probably older than Pharaoh. That's, yes. I think that also played in the role of one of the reasons he was in charge. He's like, and I know all this was playing for God. He's like, man, you're old. You've got wisdom. Yeah, I never realized that. You think about like, the movie Prince of Egypt, they did not seem that different.
of the authority of the Black Crusade, but still, like, in my mind, I was like, I thought he was younger. Okay, you jump to Genesis chapter 48 and do verses 10 through 20. And this was something that shook me. Uh, Ephraim and Manasseh, we talked about them last week. He, uh, Joseph had these two sons. They're Jacob's grandsons. And Jacob is, so the grandson's grandfather adopts them. So he doesn't only bless them, he brings them into his fold. So when I was reading this, I was like, poor Joseph. Joseph got bypassed here. But what I was reading in their cultural times, jo Joseph was already so blessed in this area. So doing this to Joseph wasn't a sign of insult or a sign of attack. So I felt like, you know, Joseph had a hard life. He needs this blessing. <laughs> what Jacob was saying is, son, I am so proud of you. I love you so much. I see what you've done. My blessing is, not, is now officially taken from my firstborn. Was the Reuben the firstborn? Or Jesus? Yes. Yeah. So he said, my blessing, it ain't going to him. My blessing is going to your two kids. And he says, your two kids are now my kids, and my blessing is running straight off of me. My anointing, my ability, and everything. And he said, my birthright's going to those two. Mm -hmm. And I was like, that is powerful. And you find that out if you go forward into Christ. Well, I don't, I don't want to go all through this today. Last thing I want to hear is Genesis chapter 50, chapter 50, verse 2. Would you read that verse for us? And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to involve his father, and the physicians involved Israel. Okay. This is this is some cool backstory. People are always embalmed. It's a sacred thing to them. In Egypt, they're the world's best embalmers. I mean, it's like a running thing today. You see mummies, you know, having to call the mummies and all this. It's it's a big thing in Egypt's and embalming. There's no one better that can make it last the longest. They're renowned for this. But Joseph knows something about his dad. He said, my dad doesn't want to be buried here, so we've got to embalm this man and take him on a journey. Here's the kicker. Embalmers were always done in a religious ceremony by priests. Joseph says, I don't want none of that with that. I want it by physicians. So on record, this is the only man embalmed by physicians and not by priests. Interesting. That's wild, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, he said, I don't want this a religious ceremony. He said, I just need this man's body protected i got to take his bones with me. And I thought, you know, just like when Papa was talking about how powerful that was. Uh, I know I'm supposed to be talking about Joseph. I just keep getting ideas and stuff from Jacob. Coming to a close here. Enjoy this reading. We have finished up. Oh, read the last two verses of Genesis. And Joseph took an oath of the children of Israel, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones from thence. So Joseph died, being 110 years old, and they embalmed him. And he was put in a coffin in Egypt. I carried up my bones from hands. I, I don't know. I feel like that's a good ending. Now we're coming into our mass exodus. We're coming into our escape. We're coming into the great story of the um, of Moses. I don't know. I, I love Exodus. There's a whole lot to dive into there. So please stay with us through this. Thank you so much for tuning in today. God bless you.